Hey everybody, Dave Engel here with some exciting news. The paternity test will be appearing on television. That's right. On Thursday, December 3rd, we're going to be on Windy City Live in Chicago at ABC 7 at 11 a.m. Doing a little comedy bit here for your entertainment. So tune in and share what you see on the social media machine. Again, that is Thursday, December 3rd at 11 a.m. on Windy City Live in Chicago on ABC 7. The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, the blind leaving the Commodores, cops not shooting people, mac and cheese that you cannot eat, and things Italians don't do well. And now, three men who ran with the Bulls and lost, here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barazzi in Chicago. And I'm Dave Engel in upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that's more appealing than Star Wars mac and cheese. Mm. Oh, how could you not want Star Wars mac and cheese? It's coming. It's shaped like Star Wars shapes. I've seen a commercial with uh, Star Wars mac and cheese in it. Have you seen those commercials? I haven't. There's one where a kid is in his dad's, he goes in his dad's like Star Wars room and it's full of, full of like Star Wars collectibles and including boxes of the Star Wars mac and cheese that are unopened on the shelf. He goes to pick up the mac and cheese and the dad's like, no, 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 don't, don't touch that. And the kid's like, well, what, what do you mean? He's like, it's collectible. It's a, it's a collectible. <laughs> and the kid goes, so this, this room is full of toys I can't play with and macaroni and cheese I can't eat. This is a room of lies. <laughs> what a great commercial. Um, anyway, it's, it's so, yeah. It's funny. When, every, when everything was Star Warsified in the 80s, mm-hmm. and we joked about it, and like Mel Brooks joked about it in Spaceballs, how everything was merchandised, it's amazing how much less was Star Warsified than is right now. Yeah, I feel like they've Star Warsed everything. Because you could actually probably name all the things that were Star Wars then and have them in a room. You could have your Pepperidge Farm right. cookies and your C-3PO cereal. But now it's every single possible thing. It's weird that there hasn't been Star Wars mac and cheese yet, and I can't wait to put it in my face hole. Well, the problem is the, sh- the what we call in our house the shape mac and cheese, which is like the you know all these kinds of mac and cheese that have the very specific shape pasta, like the Star Wars, the SpongeBob's, the mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are the, those are the worst mac and cheeses you can eat? What do you mean? The pasta in there, those those pasta bites, these shaped pastas, don't the texture is off on them, and it's really it's off from regular yeah craft cheese and macaroni. It's not yeah, so it's not your normal texture that you're used to. And I, I Ellie loves the shape, any shape version of mac and cheese more than she likes regular elbow mac and cheese. I just can't. I, that's the it's one not time. The same, really? That's the one time I'll actually walk past the stove and not stick the wooden spoon full of whatever's left in the <laughs> saucepan in my mouth. <laughs> it splinters in the edges of your face. <laughs> Trying to shove the spoon in all the way. <laughs> if I just take a razor blade to the sides of my mouth, I can get the whole thing in. <laughs> I'm only having one bite. Jeez, 
Kelly, give me a break. Just one bite of mac and cheese. That so Star Wars could put cigarettes out of my kids, and I would still be excited every time I saw a new Star Wars branded piece of merchandise. I couldn't be more excited about about it. I can't walk through Target right now because everything is shaped like Star Wars, and I just want to get all these things. I'm like, more lamps? Great. I need more lamps. I need that. I need more throw pillows. I need everything. I need that cooler right there because it looks like Yoda's face. I guess my what I'm confused about is that we're looking at now we're looking at dead people on the Kraft macaroni and cheese box. Darth Vader is dead. He was murdered essentially by his son and by the emperor. Yoda is dead and they've been dead for a long time. Why aren't they pictures of Kylo Ren? Why aren't they pictures of? I was wondering the same thing because Rey. I keep like, seeing the a commercial for these Star Wars toys and it's episode one characters. It's mm-hmm. Count Dooku and Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's a brand new toy that just came out or whatever. I'm like, why are we playing with these characters right now? Well, unfortunately, it all exists at once right now. Because I think if you only had the upcoming movie that people don't know what they are yet, you wouldn't sell as much. So you want to hit all the bases and all the age groups by releasing all uh, mm-hmm. iterations of Star Wars at once. So on that Star Wars day, not May the 4th, but when they released all the toys, yeah. I went to Target that next day and I thought, there's not even room for as much Episode Seven stuff as you want because... You've got mm-hmm. six movies worth of stuff you also have to sell. So you also need Liam Neeson macaroni and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Alec Guinness macaroni. Here's that commercial. Hold on. Look at this, huh, guy? Hey, Dad? Yeah? Why do you keep all your toys in boxes? How do you play with them? I don't. <laughs> I collect them. Does Mom know you keep mac and cheese in here? Okay. This isn't for eating. I collect these, too. So, toys you can't play with and mac and cheese you can't eat? This is a room of lies. Star Wars Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. You know you love it. I love how the joke is on the person spending the money on the product. The fool is not the kid. The fool is the person buying the food for the kid. You know what's interesting is that uh, because this is licensed... Disney's making its money when Kraft buys the license. Disney's not making their money from the end user. So really none of the Star Wars merchandise has to sell for Disney to get rich because they already got their money from the sleeping bag Mm -hmm. manufacturers and the lamp makers. And really, they say economically speaking, the movie is a commercial for all these products, not the other way around because they're making more from the licensing than from the film. No matter how well it does, they're making more from the licensing. So the movie is a commercial for the stuff. Right, like the old yeah, something like four billion dollars. Oh my god, they're predicting, but mm-hmm. I mean, the movie will make, you know, a billion. You know, I heard it might be the first movie to make a billion dollars. Right, I didn't read that, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, how can it not? How can it not? If any movie will, it's this one. I was in a resale shop today, and I saw they had the Return of the Jedi Burger King glasses. Oh wow. And they were 20 bucks a piece. All ours like disintegrated in the dishwasher sometime in the 80s. But right. I thought if I had. Those glasses and a box of Star Wars macaroni and cheese. Well, two two boxes. That's not my, <laughs> I think about two macaroni and cheese box. Man, you fill that up with Pepsi. You give me two boxes of macaroni and cheese shaped like Millennium Falcons. I eat them and then just come up behind me at the end and just gently place a bullet in the base of my skull. And I will smile as my body slumps forward. And now it's time for car talk. Well, you don't drive like my brother. And you don't drive like my brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) 
How is that show on NPR? I don't. How is this show not on NPR, but that show about <laughs> cars is on NPR? Because it's not really about cars, Dave. It couldn't be because no one who listens to NPR has ever dirtied their hand with a drop of oil or a day of work. Yeah, if that if it really was a car t- a show about cars that NPR listeners called into, it would be you know my car won't start, and the answer would be call AAA or right. have it towed to your dealer or call <laughs> have your butler tow it to the dealer. Well, or, you're leasing yeah. the BMW, aren't you? Lease- Just bring yeah. it back. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. I drive a 99 two-door Honda Accord. It's got a little V6 package. Wow. Yeah. Now, you've 16. been driving this car for... About eight years. Eight years? Mm-hmm. If From someone had been born owner. in that car as it came off the assembly line, they could now drive that car. Yeah. I mean, if I let them. They, uh, I mean, they'd have to ask. They'd have to ask. They'd have to get my permission, I guess. So, we're driving the, I'm driving this, and this car is... I haven't got it tuned up. I haven't gotten the oil changed in it in probably 10,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're at the point where you're afraid to actually change the oil because that could actually cause more problems. Right, the crusted right. up oil is all that's holding the car together. <laughs> you flush right. it out, they could just fall apart like the wonderful one Haas Shea. It's like, it's like in the movie Signs where he goes to see his wife who's been pinned against a tree. <laughs> and when they, they're like, and Cherry Jones is like, listen. We don't know how she's alive, but she's alive. And whenever we move that truck, <laughs> she's going to die instantly. So if you got something to say, you better say it. I'm going to miss you, car. Swing away, Dave. <laughs> By the way, uh, I really need my car back. So uh, Why didn't they just move that family's house to the car? <laughs> <laughs> just bring her dinner, set it on the hood. They're just like, all right, mom, laundry's ready to be folded. And they throw a basket of laundry on top of the hood of the truck. Start folding, Mom. You're fine. You're not going anywhere. This truck's not moving. What'd you do today? Oh, why don't I even ask? Yeah. <laughs> Watch the leaves fall around me. So this car, I haven't had plugs changed. I haven't had a tune-up in years. And to my surprise, it doesn't run very well. But I've been trying to get it. I, I haven't gotten it inspected. The, the inspection sticker, the last inspection sticker expired in like may of 2014 just like for the emissions test yes and so i've been driving it around because i drive two miles a day mm-hmm. no, no no i'm sorry five miles a day yeah i drive two miles to and from work a little extra you know just for fun circle the block a couple times exactly just stomach going home right <laughs> And, I'm not saying uh, it hasn't been inspected in a while, but uh, the emission sticker is a tapestry. <laughs> well, All this, the U's are V's. Yeah. <laughs> now, in <laughs> in Illinois here, they won't let you, because you, you have to put a new sticker on your license every like once a year, or mm-hmm. not on your license plate, and they won't give you that license plate sticker if you, if you haven't done your emissions test yet. Well, this is the problem I was running into because on November 28th, my registration runs out. And then I lose my insurance on the car. You know what I mean? Like I can't, the the insurance company won't insure it. And on top of that, I had a headlight out, which all of this, by the way, is fine. I'm not going to drive it without insurance. However, I will drive it without an emission sticker. And I'll drive it with one headlight. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But and I've been driving it with one headlight for about two, three months. And I'm just trying to basically I drive this thing until it dies. I'm also slowly trying to kill it, too, I think, because mm-hmm. they don't do it any good. Anyway, long story short, I get out of rehearsal for the show and I've been putting long hours in. And I haven't eaten all day. So I drive from school over to McDonald's, which is out of the way. And I head back home. I pass a cop in an SUV. I don't know why cops drive SUVs. Why do cops drive SUVs? In case they need to arrest a bunch of kids on their way to soccer practice? Yes. <laughs> well, he was in an SUV, and he, he does a UE in the middle of the road, and he follows me for like a mile, so I know he's going to pull me over. And he pulls me over, and he's like, uh, do you know why he's... Oh, first of all, my window doesn't roll down. <laughs> so instantly I'm afraid I'm going to be shot. Like right, I'm just going to step out of the car, at which point a thousand bullets will riddle your body. <laughs> It'll be like Sonny Corleone on the causeway. Exactly. Like, so uh, he comes up and I'm like, I got my hands at 12 and two. And, but ever since all this stuff went down in the last year and a half, I'm scared to death of cops. And so I got my hand and I'm like, I can't roll down the window. And he's like, just open the door. (laughs) So I open the door and he's like, do you know why I stopped you? I'm like, well, I got a headlight out. And he's like, uh, how long has it been out? I'm like, two days. It's a good thing that's what it was. You know why I stopped you? I was speeding. Oh, were you? Yeah, and I, I didn't stop at that stop sign. No, I, right. That, that wasn't it either. I ran over that homeless guy back there. Yeah, I got a, I got, uh, got a, a bunch bag of, of cocaine on the, on, the, on the seat next to me. No, that's not it. I'm oh. transporting an underage sex worker in the back seat. Is it the bleach and the shovel and the garbage <laughs> bags? No. This is a dirty bomb in the suitcase. No, that's not it either. No, I stopped you because of a headlight. Oh, (laughs) so and then the and then the his flashlight starts to move to inch over towards the the inspection sticker that's a year and a half old and the registration. He's like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "Yeah." (laughs) Listen, I said I drive my car five miles a day. I've been working 15 hours a day for the last three weeks at work. I teach at the high school. I I pulled up a poster of our show and showed it. Like I work at the high school. I teach theater. He's like, where are you coming from? I'm like the high school. He's like, but you're not, this is the wrong direction. I'm like, I wanted to get food. I showed him my McDonald's bag. <laughs> it, was, it was so pathetic. Cause I'm like, I'm eating McDonald's. I'm in this jalopy. <laughs> and the guy's like 23 years old. Right. He's got like an associate. He took out a service pistol and shot himself at the end of the exchange. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can't take this. <laughs> and I said, listen, I spent, I've already spent a thousand dollars, and this is true, trying to get the check engine light to go off so that I could pass the inspection, right? It's all a scam. And he's like, hold on, I'll, he took my license, and he comes back and he's like, listen, I'm gonna give you a pass on this one. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I, I get it. You know, you spent a thousand bucks on this. This doesn't look like it's worth more than fifteen hundred anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I go home. I take it. I take the car in, and it's now it's all fine. I told my wife this story. She broke down crying. She's like, oh, I don't know why we live like this. You're forty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset right now. <laughs> About what? Our lives? 
<laughs> yeah. And how much less they are than what we hope they'd be. <laughs> well, look, you know what I temper it with? It's like I told my wife, I'm like, listen, you can feel sorry for yourself all you want. But if we if we made 50 grand more a year, I'd still drive that car just out of just out of spite. You know what I mean? Like I drive that car until it died and the money would be going into a 529. You know what I mean? Like I Yeah. I drive it anyway cuz I don't care. You know what I drive? I make it sound like we're destitute. We're not. We we got a, a new minivan. You think the cop went back to the station and said, "In all my years on the force." Yeah. Never seen anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love those stories so much. God, I love those stories. I'm always baffled at cuz you hear those stories all the time. Like that's the catchphrase they always get from the cop when anything happens, like whether, like if it was a, an armed robbery gone bad, or if it was 15 people decapitated on a bus going to, you know, casino. casino. Uh Yeah. Or if it was a shooting of a bunch of first graders, they always say I've been on the force for 30 years and I've never seen anything like this. Like it's all, they always say the same thing. I'd like it if they saw said uh, in my thirty years on the force, I've only seen equivalent things. My seventh year in, my thirteenth <laughs> year in, and my fourteenth year in. So that was a tough two years, and then this one, and then this one, top but five. I gotta worst say, this I've one seen. hits hard because uh, I just lost my gra- my grandma, and uh, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. When you want to shop on Amazon, and you know you do, you just go over to our website, paternitypodcast.com. Go to the support page. You will see an Amazon ad. Right now it has Adele on it. Uh, Looking like someone who ripped off the title of a Lionel Richie song that exists in the same genre as the song that she's singing. And you click on her face, and then it opens up an Amazon page. You type in what you're looking for. You don't pay extra. You don't sign up for anything. You just shop. Amazon knows you came through the portal, and they give us a portion of their profits, and we use it to pay for the show. Is she singing to a a blind dancer? Yep. And at the end, the blind dancer makes a blobby clay statue of Adele. Uh, and it looks exactly like her. I know I've said this on the old show, but I don't think I've said it on the new show. The first, one of the first pieces of satire I ever remember seeing was, it was a satire of the video to Hello by Lionel Richie. And at the end of the satire video, she says, I made something for you. And it's it's the sculpture of the back of his head and then you turn it around and it's just a bunch of muddled clay <laughs> because she's blind. And I remember thinking as like a nine year old, that is very funny. So and this is what comedy I want is. To be a comedian. This is what comedy is. And it wasn't a very good sculpture. It did look a little bit for Chicagoans like the blob of clay from the basement of Giggle Snort Hotel. Mm-hmm. She gave him like a Neanderthal sort of deep set eyes. You it know, does look like the missing link between it does. cavemen Lionel, and, and, and the Lionel Commodores. Richards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little off. I mean, look, it's good for someone who can't see anything. I mean, kudos. Did they now listen? Do you think they made it look enough not like him 
because she's supposed to be blind, or is that someone's best effort oh, in the art department? Like they had a perfect like photographic realism. It looked like it was made by you know by lasers, and they said, "Nah, messed that up around the edges. She's blind, you know." Right, <laughs> right. The question is, did she take a life cast of his face with her hands? How has she felt his face enough to know how to make a sculpture of him? Because they're not dating yet. Actually, she is a student of his, right? Did she find excuses to occasionally bump his face in small <laughs> amounts for and run like, her several months? over the contours? That would be mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. Right. And she had to do it several times until she had it all memorized. Like, how'd she get the shape of his nostrils right without sticking her fingers up his nose? <laughs> right. Is I want to see a montage of all the time she did that. Like, oh, really... I just got to get that book behind you. And then she, like, sticks her fingers up Lionel Richie's nose like he's a bowling ball. I'd get really suspicious if someone kept touching my face like that, that they were going to make a sculpture of me. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, if you just want to make a sculpture of me, just say so, all right? <laughs> just want to make a sculpture of you. Okay, fine. It's enough for the fingers of my nose. <laughs> Jeez. It's really, really off-putting. I'm okay with, uh, in the history of writing, particularly pop writing, many songs have the same title as other songs. But I think if your song is in recent memory and fits in the exact same genre as the other song, it doesn't make any sense. Because Adele's Hello is the 2015 answer to Lionel Richie's Hello from like 1985. And what's his name? The, who's the, the short Filipino guy who used to be an Elvis impersonator when he was a little kid? Bruno Mars. Bruno mm-hmm. Mars, Just the Way You Are, fits squarely in the same slot as Billy Joel's Just the Way You Are. So I think okay. that's not okay. Let's say you had a show tune called I Love Satan, and you had a Swedish black metal song called I Love Satan. That's okay. Right. But two, two top 40 light rock songs should not be called Hello. Well, the question is, is 30 years enough time to have passed? I mean, you're, at, you're saying essentially several generations of... It's thing. enough time if you're 16, but I think that people who listen to Lionel Richie's Hello also purchase Adele albums. Right. Probably. Right, like, like my parents. Well, yeah, for Christmas, know. your mom's probably going to get that Adele CD on yes. CD. It's a dumb I mean, contemporary music, right? I guess. I, I think it's on the cusp. Is anyone in their 20s... Everybody, because it's, well, I guess there are more people in their 30s that are going to buy Adele, right? Who's buying Adele? 20s or 30s? I think Adele is the great equalizer. I think everyone who needs some music to have their period buy is going to buy Adele. Right, I guess. So that's 12 to what? About 60. 75. Oh, there you go. But the only people who know Hello by Lionel Richie, you've got to be over 34 and a half. You can't be much younger than that. I would think. Well, so I'm looking at the original video Listen here. Up, everybody. Tony Billy mm-hmm. Boy has been in prison for 25 years. Pretty great. He's only so been out he's, for three days. So he's the, the professor. Man, the yeah. And she's the student. Doesn't he have one of those long jackets on? Those, like, long... Because, dude, he is, like, nine feet tall. The art department must have spent half the budget on material for his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of material there, that's for sure. His arms are so long. There's a lot going on in the sleeves. <laughs> Dude, they're super long, and it was the '80s when sl- sleeves were short. And it's it's what's creepy about it is that so he has this class where you know the blind girl's in it, and then he spends the rest of the music video stalking her around campus, mm-hmm. like like standing around the corner while she's at her locker. Or so is it really? I mean, I I'm, well, they didn't have Title IX back in the '80s. I guess so. Because there's a, yes, they did. He just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> If you've, if you've got a game, I guess it's a good game to have, right? 
stalking the blind girl or the blind guy, right? Yeah, but yes. her, her hearing is extra good so she can hear you coming. Especially she if you're singing. Sleeves. She hears those sleeves rubbing all that material. Right. Or if you're singing a pop song at her while you're looking <laughs> yeah. at her. That's a dead giveaway right there. What a feeling to be stalking from the ceiling. Dr. Richie? Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, hello, Clarice. <laughs> it's Vanessa. No, I don't know either. I bet it was Vanessa. She looks like if she were on the Cosby show, her name would be Vanessa. But she, does she have an asymmetrical mushroom like hairdo? Yeah. Remember that season when Vanessa's hair got really weird? How broad a part can we put in Theo's hair? And how asymmetrical can we make Vanessa's hair? There's a lot of gumby happening. Yeah. A lot and of gumby how, head that season. Right. And how much like pot can we make Lisa Bonet look like she smokes? There's like a. Uh... See you. Just the very end of this video here. I've wanted you to see it so many times, but I, but I couldn't find you. <laughs> Tell me what you think of it. What's the Why is my chin so oh, it's giant? This is how I see you. This is how I see you. What do you mean? You can see? <laughs> no, this is not, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, this is how I imagine you. If she's blind, why is she looking right at him? I love you because I'm turned on by enormous terracotta blobs. <laughs> Wouldn't she be kind of like looking over? Like, I don't know. She's making direct eye contact with him. He's singing. She knows exactly where he's coming from. <laughs> right. It's like how a bat hears and sees. Exactly, Todd. Maybe he's just sort of lining his eyes up with where she's looking. <laughs> this is science, Todd. Yeah. So maybe like, like she could be looking at the ground. And he just gets like he lays down and just lines his eyes up. It's very thoughtful of him. That's why she loves him. That's why she loves him. That's why she made a beautiful sculpture of Lionel's hair. I bet that hair took three times as long as the face. I don't know. The hair looks like you could just go like bloop, 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 bloop. You know, like just kind of mush your fingers in the clay and stipple it or whatever. The chin is humongous. Like the chin is not Lionel Richie's chin. Because at the end of the video, Lionel, the bus is there and he's just facing it. And his chin is look kind of normal-ish, and it doesn't. But the chin on the bus like sticks out like a giant underbite jawbone. You know, it's just really unsettling. Do you think when he was taking her to get coffee afterwards, he's like, "See, you really think my chin's that big?" (laughs) What? Oh, oh, uh, no, it's not what I meant. Oh no, it's okay. It's all right. (laughs) Hello, can we talk about this chin? If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. Uh, you could subscribe to the show on your device through whatever application you use to get your podcast. If you do use the iTunes or podcast app on your phone, you can uh, leave a review and a rating while you're there. It's quick and easy, improves our iTunes ratings, and helps new listeners find us. For God's sake, do it. Do it. Listener Radworld wrote, I'm easily led and gave us a five-star review. And he said, I have listened to other podcasts that have encouraged me to mash McDonald's sandwiches together, consume them, then roll up on my side with my belly in the air like a crocodile stuffed with a Thompson's gazelle. Uh Uh-oh, that was us. I've indulged in their diet contest where I have gained weight. That was us too. I attached myself to a shower in hopes of gaining a few more minutes of sleep. Oh, that was also us. 
but no more. I now have the paternity test. Straight-laced, upstanding. What these lads don't have in good decision-making, they make for, up for in pop culture references. And really, when governing a child, what would you rather have? Pour yourself a large dark beer and chomp down on a thick sausage and some eggs. Listen to this podcast and know <laughs> that just trying these days is pretty good. Thanks, Rad World. At least we try. At least we try. You spelled eggs right. A A Y Y Y G G G. Read our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine and the Paternity Test blog every week at chicagoparent.com. This week, the war on Thanksgiving. Now it's time for the International Terminal, where we are duty free. <laughs> Speak duty. for yourself. Oh, you're duty full. I'm full of duty. Full of duty. Engorged with duty. <laughs> Impacted with Impacted. duty. You're going to have to go in with a fish hook. What do they you're do whenever your, on, your guts are impacted? I figured they started they at your feet out? and they started rolling you up like a toothpaste tube when you got to get that last bit out. <laughs> I, You know, it's bad when they do that, but then they actually unscrew the cap. Because it's like... <laughs> All right, well, we've gotten, we've rolled this up as much as we can. Now, if we unscrew the squeeze thing at the top and get a little extra out. I do that a lot with the antiperspirant, where I forget to buy more. So then you have to like pull the plunger out of the bottom and then jam your hand up in there to get the, the gel <laughs> to come all the way out of the top. Or when you start taking your finger and putting it in the lid where some of the gel has spilled and yes. then just like finger painting it onto your own armpit. Yes. I can't uh, use the gel type of deodorant. It's, Why not? It's too jelly. Oh, because your armpits already feel wet before you've even started sweating in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I use I use that type like in high school and just always felt slimy under there. So I'm a white, what, what do you call those? The white stick. Racist? The, the, the <laughs> stick. Supremacist? That's <laughs> <laughs> right. We, <laughs> I only use the deodorant of the master race. <laughs> I remember I never used spray. I remember people yeah, in like junior that. high would go crazy oh. with the spray. Yeah. Oh my god, the ozone above our house was gone. <laughs> my dad and my mom both used sure and the spray every morning. And my dad would it was like a, a full ten count of that thing spray. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, that's what I used in high school. And then I used that jelly stuff. For those of you who don't know, it's just a regular Speed stick or Gillette, mm-hmm. you know, in a perspirant or deodorant stick. But when you turn the knob, it comes out as this goo yeah. that you spread on your pits. It comes out like a Play-Doh Fun Factory head. Yes. Here. Like where the little hairs come out. You just don't let it get that long. But wait, you would take it apart to get out at the extra. Well, you know, there's a pl- there's a screw knob on the bottom mm-hmm. and it pushes okay. up a plunger. It pushes up a little platform and the platform squeezes the gel out the top. Well, it gets to a point where there's still gel up there, but the platform won't screw up any higher. So if you take, if you disassemble it, <laughs> you can put your fingers into the slot and push the little platform all the way into the gel so it squirts out like an extra quarter inch. Wow. I'm pro frugal. tip. That's a pro tip right there. Yeah. Oh, that's a life hack. <laughs> yeah, that's like a grandpa You've accessed tip. unauthorized armpit gel. <laughs> <laughs> you have hacked <laughs> You found the back door of deodorant. They have deodorant for the back door? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it'd be easiest to use a spray there. Or maybe you're into the stick. Well, you may recall a few months ago, my wife wanted a bench for our back 
mini deck, like not the big deck downstairs, but the like little balcony thing. Because mm-hmm. we live in Chicago, so there's the wooden rickety maze of balconies going up the back of everybody's condos. Mm-hmm. Right. And occasionally you have a party where they collapse and kill everyone. Yeah, it's it's not it's not summer in Chicago without a good porch collapse. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she ordered – she found a bench online. She said order this through the portal, which I did dutifully. Um, but it was from like an I- Italian. It was from an <laughs> Italian Ikea. Wait, there's an Italian Ikea? <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you who you don't want making your minimalist furniture, the Italians. Like you don't want the Italians making you anything but food and love, maybe kicky scarves, right? I mean the Italians lost their mojo a long time ago. If they didn't have lots of churches to go visit, they would have no economy at all. I mean, the, the Italians wake up every morning and and thank the saints for the Greeks so that no one looks at how crappy Italy is. <laughs> they do really. Uh, it's, it is true. They have to thank the Romans and Michelangelo for their economy. Right, because they're still living on the fumes of that. That and the yes. occasional scooter sale. Uh, they, got, they got nothing else going on. You know, they got right. that blind soccer player who presents to sing opera. That's all they got. It's, it's not like their beaches are famous. It's not. They share the Alps with the French, but no one goes to the Italian Alps. Or they share with the Swiss, rather. But no one goes to the Italian Alps. They'll go to the Swiss Alps. A couple of years ago when I was in Italy uh, writing an opera, <laughs> uh, I was uh, being shown around by a translator, and there was a big election. And the government is all but an anarchy, right? Like there's no gross domestic product. There's no rule of law. The, the place is just a, a mess. And so the motto for these elections was Forza Italia, which means Italian force. But I said, so what does that mean exactly, Italian force? And uh, the night, uh, one of the nights I was there, Roberto Benigni, who's sort of a national treasure, had appeared to give a big speech to tell everyone just to like get off their ass and go to work and vote and try. And I said, what's this Forza Italia? And he said, well, it means c- come on, Italy. I said, well, that's a nice slogan. He said, no, but not like, not like come on, Italy. More like, come on, Italy. Do something. <laughs> come on, yeah. try. Get off the couch. Please, you guys. Something, anything. Yeah, that's their national motto. <laughs> you guys. That's their, that's their slogan. <laughs> but when you've been around, when you've been around for 2,500 years or however long Italy's been around. How long has Italy been around? A long time. A long time. I mean, Italy as we know it now, virtually no time, but Italy as a seat of culture? As a, a culture. Time. Well, yes, since forever. It, right? It I mean, don't... After the Greeks, the Romans, and that's them. Yes. And so at a certain point, like a culture is... Like I've talked a little bit before about how America, we're just a bunch of teenagers. We're cocky. We've got disposable income. We get in fights a lot. We've got stupid, ridiculously high moral standards for ourselves and other people. But Italy and several other countries in Western Europe are sort of the middle-aged or the elderly of Right. They're mature and they've earned a rest. Yes. And they're lazy because they've lived a long time and they understand that life is to be savored and appreciated and sipped like an espresso, not gulped like a cappuccino from McDonald's. And so <laughs> they understand that, you know, you got to take it easy. 
But with that comes, yes, a GDP the size of my wallet. You know? Yes. And like they're so lazy and relaxed and elderly and soused that they don't even reproduce anymore. So they're wildly below the replacement rate. Which means there's oh. no one, they, you know, no one there's works. There's no one adding to the economy to help take care of the older generation. Right. And they're all the older generation, and none of them want to work, and they all want, you know, money from the government. But there's no one putting money into the government because no one bothered to have children, and they don't make anything anymore. It's just a massive collapse that's going to keep getting worse. And that's true of many of the Western powers. Yes. Uh, if it weren't for the African immigrants they all hate, they would actually have no workers or, and no babies. The other thing Italians can't do is make benches for my porch. Because <laughs> this, thing, this thing came. And actually, the, the, the little portable gardens that I had to build for the garden that I'm in charge of at the Hippie Co-op were also Italian. And so half the parts that you want are in the box. Because somebody, like, drank a bottle of wine and took a nap when he was supposed to be filling the box. <laughs> and so I put my bench together. Half the parts are missing. And unfortunately, I'm not the guy who lays all the parts out and makes sure they're there before he starts building the bench. Are you that guy? I, th- I do like to check the parts. Got to make sure you have what you need. Yeah. But see, I've been beaten out of it by the competency of the Swedes and the Germans yes. and the things that normally build my stuff. Yes. There's never a part missing yeah. at Ikea. So you just go, okay, the Swedes got it. They got it covered. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. The Italians don't got it covered. So I build this thing. It's got two feet instead of four for the bottom of the bench. And it's missing these metal pieces that hold the back of the bench together. So I go online to their website and I say, hey, I built your bench. Here's the parts that are missing. And you have to go in. They had a form where you mentioned the exact part number and its color. And I did this. And unfortunately, I did this near the end of summer, which means all the Italians were about to go completely AWOL for over a month. (laughs) Because really, why should you do your job for 12 whole months of the year? And (laughs) they sent me the parts yesterday. And now it's into November. And I ordered them in July. So that's a, you know, that's a reasonable turnaround time in the day of one hour delivery, right? Four months to send you the parts that you already paid them for. So a box comes and it's huge. I needed four parts. I need two metal joiners and two plastic feet. I open the box up. In the box are 60-some plastic feet. Oh, my God. So they sent me a gross of plastic feet for my black bench in tan. Uh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So if anyone would like a tan plastic bench feet party, I'm having one at my house. Tan plastic bench feet for all my friends. Abundanza. (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to put it together with the tan feet? Maybe I can get the tan feet in. I can spray paint them. I think they're on the bottom. I think you might not even see them. But they didn't send me the metal joiners that hold the sides of the bench to the back of the bench. So it's a very sad looking. Why are up. you buying a bench from Italy? Don't we make some perfectly good American benches here? You, know, you think so, right? That, just the idea of thinking that you need to get parts for a bench from Italy just seems Thought I was supporting my motherland. Ridiculous. Are they still upset about back of the wrong horse in World War II? Like, are they just spiteful towards the U.S.? Well, they, I mean, they kind of turned on that before the war was even over, right? Yeah. They drug Mussolini around by a horse. Yeah. They, they played pinata with him, right? They, yeah. They, uh, yeah. So I don't, think they, I don't think they sent me the wrong parts out of spite. I think it was pure, pure laziness. And why does the entire country have to take the same month off? That's weird. You'd think they'd stagger. Like, maybe yeah. the EU should discuss. 
I was in Tuscany. I was in Reggio Emilia and yeah, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and I was, you know, there wasn't a single store open. Like they all were at home having a two beer nap (laughs) on their couch. Two 30 rolled around and they're all back. I'm thoroughly American in that I believe that every single man, woman, and child should work themselves to death. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing drives me nuts about Europe like than the fact that like a store that's supposed to open at 10 might open at 1 when somebody like decides they want to go to work. It doesn't make any sense because how do you have any – how do you crush the people who work underneath you if you can't make them go to work in the morning when you tell them to go to work? Like how can you break their spirit if they have the choice – to show up whenever they want. I don't know. I have a friend who's in like kind of corporate business and moved to France for France for several years to, and said it's impossible to get anything done. People go to lunch and they come back. Maybe not. Right. <laughs> and you I have a meeting friends. and everybody just sits around, you know, with like open conference line and no one shows up. And there's like angry Asians on the other side of the world waiting for the Europeans to show up for their conference call. And they just don't. They're off they smoking don't. cigarettes somewhere and not having babies. The Japanese aren't like that. And we're not like the Japanese are like us. They make us us. seem lazy. We made them like that. When World War II ended, we said, you can't have a Navy and you can't have an army. So make electronics and work really hard. And then they like got better than us at being like us. And then they came back in the 80s and started buying stuff and saying like, you think you work hard? We work hard. We're like, you think you work hard? We work hard. And like we're in a literal death spiral with the Japanese to see who can work themselves into an earlier grave. All right, everybody, it's time for another episode of the paternity test to let their kids teach themselves how to use power tools through trial and error. Follow us on Twitter at the dad test, like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us Tuesdays at ChicagoParent.com and call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS and tell your friends about the show. And consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. That's right. All right, everybody. Remember, the Italians make great churches, cappuccinos, and architecture, but never buy one of their benches. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 